0: Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week, we're joined by the meowvalous T.C. Lotempio, author of not one, but three cat-themed mystery series, the Cat Rescue Mysteries, Nick and Nora Mysteries, and the Purr and Bark Pet Shop Mysteries, the first of which... The Time for Murder is Meow, was published last month in August. Welcome to the podcast, TC. Thank you. Thank
1: and, you for having
0: me. And you go by Tony as well, right? Right. Okay, awesome. Well, we're so, so excited yeah, to have you excited. on. Yeah,
1: we're excited. We're big cat fans. So. We are
0: huge cat. Fans. <laughs> Actually, just cat sat for Jillian.
1: Yeah, God, Godfather met, so they love him very much. So,
2: good. That, well, that's good
1: because I have two cats who uh, I love very much, too. Oh, that's nice. Two's a good number. I used
0: to have four, actually. But I, I would say cats. the more the merrier. I, yeah. I I wish I had a cat. I can't because my husband's allergic. So oh. I always you know I'm, I'm a, I always cherish when I can cats it for Jillian.
1: Yeah, and we oh, love I, having I, him because we can trust him, and he's the best surrogate cat dad.
0: You you keep changing my title. It's it's been cat dad, uncle, cat uncle, <laughs> cat godfather. <laughs> we have to pick one.
1: Yeah. pick one. I like surrogate cat dad. You're a cat dad of all
0: trades, then. That's right. (laughs) All right, so let's dive in with what's making us feel cozy this week. What's making me feel cozy this week, first of all, was cat sitting for Jillian. Oh, You know, I got to have my kitty time. That's so sweet. That I never get to have.
1: And he posted a ton of photos to Instagram, and it was so adorable.
0: Jillian has two cats, Reese's and Snickers, and... Snickers was usually all around me, but mm-hmm. like the day that they really warmed up to me is when Reese's just was laying all over me so and she napped with me. And that was the day Snickers couldn't care less. So I don't know if there was like a, when one's loving one, one has yeah. to be distant, but keeps keeps the, the force in balance. I don't know. But um, it was, it well, was a great experience. Like yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Very moody. Yeah.
1: brought cheer to my seeing that little photo of you and Reese's. <laughs> So cute. Cats usually go more towards the people that don't pay any attention to
0: them, I notice. That's true, yeah, Mm -hmm. which is awful for my husband because he's just—he's really trying to avoid because of his allergy. And, of course, the cats can't leave him alone. That's that's what happens. (laughs) It's
1: Um, like a challenge to them.
0: Mm -hmm. That's what I should change my strategy and be more aloof.
1: Yeah, then Snickers will be on you like White and Marie.
0: But instead, I'm just sort of like following them around like... They're like, get out, get away.
1: <laughs> well, luckily they're very um, affectionate cats. Yeah. So that works out.
0: They're very sweet cats. But that's actually not even what's making me feel cozy this week officially. Oh. Um, I'm really excited about a new TV series on Netflix called Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Hmm. Which sounds like a lot. And it kind of <laughs> is. a lot, yeah. All right. It's a fantasy adventure show that is a prequel to the movie The Dark Crystal, which was a Jim Henson movie. With the so rat? A, the
1: rat. <laughs> I know The Dark Crystal. That's
0: so specific, and the, there's not a single rat in the movie.
1: <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> I think I'm saying else. I oh, there there's like a movie with rats and crystals from that time period.
0: Rats and cri- I'm, I'm sure there had to be. Rats and crystals sound like peanut butter and jelly, but maybe you're thinking, they do kind of look ratty, some of the, the bad guys. Maybe you're thinking of that?
1: Maybe. <laughs> To look back but in
0: it anyway. Let me explain what it is. Okay, so, sorry, so it was directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz, who are obviously like of Muppet fame. Mm-hmm. And so, this was one of the two early 80s movies that they that were like kind of they were fantasy themed and kind of darker. They're still mm-hmm. for kids, but like a little older kids. And so, the other one's Labyrinth, which is a, a little more famous with David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Dark Crystal, it did well, but you know, it didn't have David Bowie in it, which was a huge drawback. And I actually just watched it for the first time fully. I've seen clips of it before, but last week. And I really enjoyed it. And so automatically, like I, I saw that they had a, dropped a prequel series. And I was like, wow, this is fast. I just watched this movie. And it's wonderful. It's this old Muppet style. It's oh, like cool. It's all practical. I mean, they kind of clean it up with CGI. So it looks smoother than it used to. But I think it's just what, what's making me feel cozy about it is it's just so nice to see those practical effects again from um, our childhood. Mm-hmm. Where like the, you know, the Muppets were real and they were being, they were operated by puppeteers. Yeah. And even though the show is kind of creepy looking, <laughs> if, if we're being honest, it is such a, like even the storytelling, so classical fantasy paired with the Muppet element. It's. I think it's just like a really nice thing to wind down with at the end of a long day or on a weekend. Well, It seems
1: right up your alley. Yeah, as all the fixings. Absolutely. Are there any um, famous names attached to it?
0: No? Yeah, the, a lot of the voice actors are famous people. Like Andy Samberg is a voice in it for sure. Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver, I believe, does a voice. A lot of a lot of the voice talent is well-known, although Mark Hamill, for example, is a voice oh, uh, character. Really, he does a voice for a neat. character. Mm. But they're all kind of being characters that were in the previous movies, so you don't even necessarily recognize them for their voices. Yeah. but they're doing s- scratchy Muppet voices.
1: That's, <laughs> that's on Netflix, you said?
0: It's on Netflix, yeah. Okay. What's making you feel cozy, Jillian?
1: Uh, well, the reason why Matt was cat-sitting was because my sister got married, so I have a cozy location. Her wedding venue is called the Stonewall Estate, and it's in Delhi, New York, which is... Upstate, it's about an hour from Cooperstown. If that gives anyone some perspective, and it was just really a beautiful place because you're surrounded by the Catskills. Um, it's you can see the stars at night, and the wedding venue. The people who own it, actually two women who are looking to flip a barn and turn it into a wedding venue. It had this. Huge house. I believe it has seven plus rooms. And so the wedding party can stay there. And they kept all the old features of the house. So skeleton key doors, um, hardwood. And it's really beautiful, high ceiling, skylights. I love skylights. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel really cozy. Yeah. And it has um just beautiful grounds with the wedding. The barn is right down the road from the house. And it's just nice to be in nature again and I I just any opportunity I get to see the star sky filled with stars is good for me and makes me feel exceptionally cozy. Well the only thing that wasn't cozy was the windy roads to get to get there. It's very treacherous as it's yeah, it's in Delhi. And Delhi has a college, but it's a very, very small town. So got to see upstate New York, which I haven't spent a lot of time in. That was nice. As I recommend it if you're looking for a wedding venue that's in nature. It's in upstate New York. And you need a space to have a lot of people. Sounds like I'm selling it like I'm working for them now. But (laughs) it was just really, really nice and unexpected. Because I was I suppose I'm very involved in the wedding process too much. So to see it in person and to get time to spend in that house was just, you know, wonderful. Because I don't get to go to New York very often. And when I do, it's not in nature.
0: Yeah, that sounds wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's really beautiful.
0: Upstate's a, a hot spot for weddings.
1: It it is, and um, you know, my parents went to college upstate. Um, all their friends did, and it's definitely turned changed within you know the past plus years.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it's turned. It's turned. Ter- <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, it's yeah, it's hopping now. It's a hot spot for people who don't want to pay the price of the city anymore, or like a lot of people go up vacation up there. I don't know how long I can spend up there to be quite honest with you, <laughs> especially <laughs> did, with those did treacherous you have your roads. Film? I had my fill. I mean, yeah. my, my parents did as well. My dad was, you know, he was always talking about, oh, he's going to move the city, um, commute by a place upstate, commute on the train, we'll do another hour just like he used to do back in the day. And by the end of it, he was just so done. <laughs> so yeah, because it's beautiful, but those windy roads, man, oh man, it's just, because we were in the thick of it. We yeah. were really up there.
0: Well, I saw photos of the wedding and it looked beautiful. Yeah, it was a great venue. It's
1: beautiful, it really is. I like how it's woman owned and that it's very personal. They're all they're all over the you know venue when the wedding's happening and very personal, hands on. So that's great. Yeah.
0: How about you, Tony? What's making you feel cozy this week? Oh,
2: what made me feel cozy this week was watching. Uh, they had a couple of old Thin Man movies on uh, the movie channel, and I just love old movies like that. And it, that just made me feel warm and cozy just watching the way William Powell and Myrna Loy went back and forth
1: at each other. Oh, that's nice. I could, I could
2: sit and watch those movies all day. I really
0: could. Do, are, are you watching uh, TCM?
2: No, it wasn't Turner Classic. It was um, a channel that's called Movies. It's just Movies.
0: Oh, okay. That's the
2: name of it. And they show all the old all the old movies, like uh, from the 60s and 70s, and then they show some from the 30s. They mix them up. The- and they just so happened to have a couple of the Thin
1: Mans on the other day, and so I was watching them, and it was just...
0: It, it's, it's so cozy feel to, good. Yeah, to dive into some classic cinema.
1: Are you from the East Coast, Tony? I'm from the East Coast, yes. Can you, can you tell from my voice? Yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was going to ask, because I'm from Long Island, so I thought I could detect something, but... I was born in, born in New York City, and
2: then uh, I, we moved to New Jersey when I was 13, and I've lived in New Jersey... Uh, practically
1: my whole life. No oh, cool. About all the East Coaster in the house. Yeah. But I'll soon be escaping to the West Coast because I'm retiring next year and I'm, I'm planning on moving to Arizona. Oh, wow. That's a big change.
2: Yeah. You're going to be they one did. of us.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You're in California? Or? Yeah, we're in California, mm-hmm. Los Angeles. Arizona's lovely. It is. Yeah. I love Arizona. I love the weather
1: out there, so. Well, congratulations. Goodbye, East Coast.
0: let's dive into talking about your books we're excited to to talk about um your your latest series the per and bark pet shop mystery the time for murder is meow so could you quickly just for our listeners give us a brief summary of the first in that series the the plot
2: sure it's um well it's about an ex-actress her name is shell mcmillan and her show got canceled. And at the same time, her show got canceled, her aunt very conveniently left her a pet store in uh, Connecticut. So she moves to Connecticut to uh, take over the pet store. And her aunt was also a big uh, movie memorabilia buff. And she has a large collection of movie posters, which uh, Shell wants to donate to the museum. But uh, the woman on the board of directors doesn't want them because she and the, uh, Shell's aunt had a feud a long time ago. And, of course, the woman turns up dead, and Shell finds the body, and she gets accused of the murder. And uh, it's up to
0: Shell, with the help of her two cats, to uh, get herself out of hot water. So she has a Siamese cat named Kalua, and right. also she inherited a cat named Perday uh-huh. from her aunt Tilly, right, that she inherited? Right. That was her aunt's cat. Yep. Who was one? Who Persian. has one eye? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my, that's a funny story
2: because my friend Barbara said to me, "I want you to write a book and I want you to put a one-eyed Persian cat." In. <laughs> I said, okay. And I don't know why she wanted a one-eyed Persian cat because oh, she doesn't have a
1: one-eyed. I Persian was assuming that. she had one.
0: She had a dream. <laughs>
1: must have had something. She wanted won- yes. <laughs> a one-eyed Persian cat. That's really funny. So she got it. <laughs> out of request. But I was just know. about to
0: ask you what inspired your series. Was it, did that, is that where it started, was the, the cat? This particular
2: series, I would hate to tell you how many incarnations that poor girl, how many job things we put her through trying to find just the right thing. And uh, actually, this was something, she was doing something else when we sent this manuscript out to the uh, publisher And the editor said, I would like you to write about a pet shop. So I changed the whole thing around and made it a pet shop. And then the editor got fired. Oh. So so then my agent brought it to Midnight Inc and they bought it as a pet shop. So that was the story behind that.
1: Well, it's interesting (laughs) to how those three (laughs) times
2: go the way that you originally write it.
1: Yeah. I found that
2: out in my writing career.
1: And yeah, it's funny how editors just say, yeah, make it a pet shop <laughs> and just dictate. So we've heard other cozy mystery authors say that as well, that um, they had one location or job in mind. And then the editor just said, you know, I think it'll work better as X, Y, and Z, which I wasn't aware of that. Editors in the cozy yeah, mystery world it, it, have it a it lot of It almost seems say. like
0: editors are just like oysters, make it a book
1: yeah yeah pretty much because i know obviously all writers the editor relationship with writers is you know strong and they offer their suggestions but it's interesting in cozy mysteries it seems like that relationship is a lot more i don't always use the word intense but more uh heavy-handed they have more they have more input than you would think yeah that's what i I kind of um noticed um and 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 the writers really we don't have as much as you would think Mm. yeah well there you go um You mentioned that your editor wanted you to have the book series be a pet shop, but you also have two cats, as you mentioned, so it might have been a smooth transition into turning your series into a pet shop mystery series. Um, How did cats become a prominent theme in your series? Did you decide to go with the cats because you have two of your own, or was it another editorial decision?
2: Well, my first
1: series was the Nick and Nora mystery series. Mm -hmm. And that
2: came about because, well, first
1: off, let me say, I started off writing horror oh. and, and paranormal
2: suspense. I have a few self-published under Tony Latempio. And my agent originally signed me on. It was for a totally different book. It was about an allergic vampire slayer named Jillian, actually.
1: Oh, that's funny. And, uh, we're
2: still trying to sell it, but that's that's another story. Anyway, he, he signed me on for that book, and... Uh, The market was saturated with vampire novels at the time, and we were having a hard time selling it, so I was trying to think of something else to do, and Cozy Mysteries at the time were very hot, and I was laying on my couch one night, and The Thin Man happened to be on television, so I was watching it, and in the middle of it, my 20-pound tuxedo cat, Rocco, jumped onto (laughs) my chest and nearly gave me a heart attack. And I said to myself, well, what what would happen if Nick Charles got shot and came back as a cat? And that kind of started the ball rolling for the Nick and Nora mystery series, which got changed a lot also because in the original manuscript, the cat actually talked to Nora because it was Nick reincarnated. But when it went to Berkeley, they didn't like that. They thought it was too science fiction. So Mm -hmm. they... He said, we love the book, but we, we don't want the cat to talk. So I, I had to create another character, and I had to take all the cat's dialogue, give it to this new character, and rewrite most of the book.
1: Oh, I would told. Yeah, I would have loved to hear that cat dialogue. I love a good cat that talks. Well, he, he was kind of like, in my mind, he was kind of like Humphrey Bogart, I guess, or Sam Spade, <laughs> Sam Spade
2: character, and that was how he was talking to her. Like He was helping her solve the mystery of who murdered him. In the
0: original, you were ahead of your time. You basically had Detective Pikachu all ready to go, mm-hmm. and didn't even know it. So, I mean, but that, that brings up an interesting point, which is your the cats are also engaged in the mystery mm-hmm. in your writing, and even in this latest book, Purday, for example, finds some important clues by hitting some key elements in the house, I and mean, it creates an interesting like world where the cats are actually in their own little way helping to solve the mystery, which is which is cool. So I was curious, like, you have a lot of experience, you know, incorporating felines into the mystery. Like, what do you enjoy most about writing cats in that context?
2: Well, because I think my own cats actually sometimes are, are human, the way they act. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, you talk to them, and I'm, I'm positive that they can understand every word I say. So when I write about cats helping to solve a mystery, I, I really believe that they could. So...
1: It's not too much of a stretch for me. Yeah, and, and speaking of cats, um, they can be a little fussy. We also spoke to a cozy mystery author who wrote primarily about dogs, and I mean, I can't speak to this because I haven't written um, a writing with animals in it, but it seems to me that dogs might be a little bit easier to incorporate into a cozy mystery as opposed to cats because they're innately more social. So have you had any challenges incorporating cats into your mysteries? Not so far.
2: The biggest challenge is, is uh, to me, is thinking up new plots, you know, new something different. You know, I, I don't want to do mm-hmm. the same old thing all the time. That would be the biggest challenge to me. But as far as, as including the cats, I find that e-
1: an easy part. Well, because it helps that you have two roaming around. You draw inspiration from them daily, I'm sure. Oh, yes. <laughs> Especially Rocco, who writes his own blog. Oh, oh. really?
0: That's, that's wonderful. What's Rocco's blog called? Cats, books, and more cats. <laughs> Is that on your website? Yeah, there's a link to it on my website. Yep, that's really and, fun.
2: Uh, Rocco interviews authors. We've had tons of cozy authors on there, and we have giveaways. And you know, he just and he now he's
1: doing cozy reviews. Oh, Berkeley, that's <laughs> we cute. Review. They're cozy mysteries
0: every month. So <laughs> hopefully, he keeps his claws in when he's reviewing. <laughs> he,
2: he tries to. Yes, he, he's kind. He's very
0: kind. Have you ever directly written your personal cats into your books? Like, is is Rocco in a book at all?
2: Rocco, yes. If you read the Nick and Nora, Rocco is the inspiration for Nick.
0: Okay. Rocco
2: is Nick. Even to the cover art, even though I argued with them because
1: I said that cat's too skinny, but, you know, did no good. Yeah, it seems like the illustrators (laughs) also have a heavy hand.
0: That That is something interesting is, like, I feel like, Listen to the authors when they talk about the covers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I just because we we've done, talked to a bunch of mystery authors, you know, so far, and each has been pretty much the same thing. Where they have their input, but it seems like the editor and illustrator has a very specific vision, and there's a little wiggle room. And I'm not sure why that is more so for cozy mysteries. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: that that's the marketing the marketing department. Yeah, you know, they they decide what they think will sell. The mm-hmm. book. Yeah, I know one author who had to. Write a cat briefly into his book because they told him cats sell books at the time. Cats sold books, so there was there was no cat in the in the book, but he had to add it in in a couple of pages so that they could put a
0: cat on the cover. I wish I could say that w- that weren't true, but honestly, I feel like I picked up a few cozy mysteries because there was a cat on the cover. So I'm part I'm part of the problem. I'm sorry.
1: As much as some editor was his feet up on the desk or her with a cigar being like cat sell. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, well, um, so shifting gears a little bit, uh, moving on from Cats, when did you know you wanted to write mysteries, and how'd you get your start? You talked about it a little bit briefly, but going from paranormal and horror, how'd you bridge that gap? Okay, well, I always knew I wanted to be a
2: writer, because when I was a little girl, I used to, if I didn't like the way a story ended, I'd make my own ending up, or mm. I used to read a lot of comic books, and I'd make my own stories up, and- so I always knew at some point in my life I wanted to write, but um, I didn't start until later in life because I got married, I got divorced, I moved back in with my parents, my parents took ill, I took care of them, yada, yada, yada. After they passed, uh, I was working at a job one day and I was taking a class on how to email with my friend and she said to me, I was writing, we were writing emails back and forth and I, she said to me, those are really good, you should be a writer. And I said, you know, I should. And so I started writing what I liked at the time because I read a lot of John Saul and uh, Stephen King. So I I started writing horror books. And basically I was told, unless you were John Saul or Stephen King, there's no market for them. Hmm. So I had to kind of switch gears. So then I went into paranormal romance. Romance is a very big market, and paranormal Mm -hmm. vampires, that was big at the time. So I self-published a few paranormal romance, and then I got my agent because I sent him the manuscript about the allergic vampire slayer, (laughs) and then that wasn't selling, so he represented a few authors who did cozy mysteries, so he said, why don't you try to write a cozy mystery? I I grew up on Nancy Drew, so I figured, okay, maybe. Maybe. And then I got the idea for the uh, Thin Man rip-off, shall we say, with the Nick and Nora mysteries, mm-hmm. and it took off from there. I kind of became known like around my neighborhood as oh the lady who writes the cat mysteries. I would, a bad I title. Me too. I, I would love to have that title. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: an honor. <laughs> I don't, that, that
2: cracked me up one day at the, uh, at the mail, You know, getting the mail in the courtyard. <laughs> one woman says, oh, I know you. Because there had been a thing in the in the local paper a couple of weeks before. Oh, I know you. You're the lady who writes the cat mysteries.
0: I love hearing from authors uh, about their writing process. So, what what is your process like? Like, how do you do you write in the morning? Do you write in the evening? How do you stay cozy while you're writing and and get get those those words out?
2: Well, yeah. how do I stay cozy? <laughs> is usually having Rocco in here bothering me. That's well, that'll do I it. <laughs> When I'm in the middle of writing, there's nothing he likes better than to go under the desk and start chewing at the cable wire or,
1: you know. Uh, I know something how to that goes.
2: Distract me. Jumps up, and his brother, well, his Rocco is short and fat, and his brother, Max, is tall and slim. I really should have named the Abbott and Costello. Anyway. <laughs> Max likes to go behind the desk, and all of a sudden he'll pop up, and he'll he'll uh, jump, like, and he'll knock the phone off, or he'll knock the, the monitor over, and, you know. So it's a lot of fun, really, and it's very hard for me to close my door because of the way the cable wire is, so mm. <laughs> I can't, like, keep them out, and they're always in here when I'm writing.
0: I'm sure, you yeah, the little paws are prying it open to get in there.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I've, I've dealt with that. Well, you know what it is? It's, it's like a kid. When they see you are doing something or when you're on the phone, mm-hmm. you're not giving them the tension. They want attention, so they're
0: trying to get your attention. <laughs> maybe it's a good thing I don't have cats because I would never get any work done if if they were around because I would just, maybe, obviously, like, I'm so deprived and I give them too much attention Mm -hmm. so I probably would get a little more used to it and ignore them more but, yeah, it's just like, it's hard to, I imagine it's hard to get some writing done when you have adorable cats all around you. It it is very hard but, you know, eventually they give up
2: and they lay there and they go to sleep and they go, okay, this isn't working. (laughs) They go to to sleep or they go out of the room Then I can get some quality time in. But uh, as far as the process, I wouldn't recommend my process to anybody because it's like, okay, I have to think of a plot. So I think of a plot and I sketch it out and I sketch out the characters and I sketch out who I want to be the murderer, who I want to be the victim. And then, you know, I sit there and I stare at the screen and try to think of the opening line, which to me is the hardest hardest part is to get that first chapter once you get that first chapter then the rest seems to come easy but it's just nailing that beginning
1: yeah that's definitely and then hard I,
2: the whole outline goes out the window about 30 pages <laughs> in and i like the book i just finished i had the whole outline halfway in changed everything around changed the murderer changed everything
1: i wouldn't recommend how i write <laughs> <laughs> well everyone has a different process yeah and, you know, that brings me to my next question. As someone who is primarily, or I would say uh, overall self-taught, um, do you have anyone, any advice for someone who might be looking to get into mystery writing?
2: If you want to be a writer, you have to be able to accept criticism. Yep. Because you're going to get a lot of it. And you have to be able to accept rejection before you can finally, you know, get your foot in the door and, and get an agent and sell a book. and And don't give up, you know, just keep trying, keep reading, keep writing. I mean, I was, I was 58 years old when I sold my first book. So, you know, if you just keep at it, eventually it'll happen.
1: I think that's great advice. People are too easily discouraged. Um, and then I think, you know, it's 99% being able to receive criticism and put it into practice and then Mm -hmm. 0.1% talent. But, um, it's just, yeah, being flexible, is just so important. So I think you really nailed it on the head. So so
0: what's next for um, our hero, Shell McMillan? Well, she'll to open her pet shop now. <laughs> <laughs> As you recall, at the end of the book, that was her next big plan.
2: So, that would be the opening of the pet shop and, you know, the ensuing murder. <laughs> and, of course, Perday and Kahlua will be around to help. As will Gary, because from the feedback I've been getting, everybody loves Gary.
0: Gary is delightful, like the, and also the, the dynamic he has with Shell is really playful, and I, I, I like their back and forth a lot.
1: I actually enjoyed writing that, yeah. I'm kind of curious. Um, I One question I just popped into my head. Chris Shell is such a unique name, and the only other time I've heard it is this actor from This Is Us, his wife is named Chris Shell. And the reason why her name is Chris Shell is because she was born at a Shell gas station, and the att- no, really. Yeah, and the attendant was named Chris, so who helped her mom deliver. So she, he, the mom combined the two names, Chris and Shell. Chrishell. So how did you come up with the name Chrishell? Well,
2: actually, there was an actress on a soap opera I used to watch. <gasps> her name was Chrishell. That's the Chrishell. And I liked it. It's probably the same
1: one you know. Yeah, she's on, she's on soap operas. That's how she met her husband. Yeah. She used to be on Days of Our Lives. That's so funny. That's the Krishelle. Yeah. Cause I was like, there yep. can only be one Krishelle. I mean, I like that name. But in the book, she, her parents couldn't decide between Christine and 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 Shelley, so they combined the names and named her Krishelle. That's so funny. Yeah, that's that's the woman. Cause I was like, I'd never heard a name yep. for Shell before, and then hearing yep. the gas station I delivery, i never heard that name
2: before either. And I just thought it was so unique. So I said, I I, I wanted you know her to have that name, but huh. of course, the nickname Shell is much easier. But.
1: Oh, well, the small world. I just
2: liked it. <laughs> I think that's such a, uh, so funny that you happen to know
1: that woman. Yeah, well, she's on this, now she's on this reality show on Netflix about um, real estate in Los Angeles. She's kind of transitioning out of soap opera, still on some soap operas, but um, yeah, I forgot uh, the name. She was on of Days of Our Lives recently, but they, she hasn't been on for a couple of months, so. Yeah, she might be transitioning out into a new show.
0: What if she transitions into opening up a pet shop? Or a,
1: a yeah. never. <laughs> I mean, it'd be, I think she'd be tickled to know that her name was incorporated in cozy mystery. But I don't.
0: No. It just sounds like she's moving and shaking and, yeah. <laughs> and changing her career. It sounds like yeah. it's it's life imitating art.
1: Wow. It is it is an unusual
2: name, and like I said, I had never heard it before. Mm-hmm. But I, I liked. Well, I liked the, her. I liked the part she played on the show, and I was like, oh, I like that name. I think I'll use that name. You know. Funny. Because I'm always doing that. If I hear a name I like or something, I'll store it away for future theft, I mean reference.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Where can people catch up with you online?
2: There is my website, uh, tclotempio.net, and there is also Rocco's blog, Cats Books More Cats, uh, blogspot.com, where uh, we interview authors also. We have book giveaways, and we have a fun time every month. And I also, if you go to my website, uh, tclotempio.net, I have a newsletter you can sign up for that uh, you can get quarterly updates on what we're doing
0: and what's happening with the books, new books, new series. That's wonderful. Are you on uh, like Facebook or Instagram or oh, Twitter at yeah, all? I am on Facebook also, Facebook, um, under Tony Lotempio, and Twitter, at Rocco Blogger. Oh, I love that. Rocco's got the mm-hmm. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, Rocco got the
2: Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Facebook and he got the
0: Twitter. Well, actually,
2: he has a Facebook page, but
1: he hasn't been doing
0: too much with it. Lately, so. Me neither. I, I, yeah. I've neglected my Facebook page.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate Uh-oh. it. We both appreciate it. And um, as, as cat lovers, like we mentioned earlier, we're, we're thrilled to have you on. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: All right, so we are back. We're back. With our candle review. So the candle we're burning today, I got at World Market. Mm. and
1: Lots of candles there.
0: Yeah, lots of candles, lots of choices. Mm -hmm. The one we're burning is called Cuban Linen and Tobacco. Now, I don't know enough about linen to know what Cuban linen smells like, but they do have some scent notes. So this candle, again, from World Market, is described as having an aromatic white cedar mingled with smoky wisps of smoldering burlwood. Yeah, I read the right burlwood. I'm not familiar with burlwood. Are you?
1: No. That's not a wood I'm familiar with. (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't know many woods, but that's not
0: one (laughs) of them. I've tried a lot of tobacco scents out like in Mm -hmm. the store. I'm like, tobacco, that's interesting. Sometimes they're hit and sometimes they're missed for me. I think this one, it's pretty soft.
1: It's very soft. I had to put my whole nose in it. And I don't know if just because... Maybe you're acclimated. Yeah, that, that might be it. I think that's what's a, kind of an issue when we do these reviews yeah. because I've been sitting with it. But if I put my nose close to it... it, it doesn't, Jillian, your nose is on fire. I, 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 my tip almost was. Burned it right off. It's a nice little scent, but I think it's too soft for me.
0: Yeah, I kind of like the subtlety of it in, the, in terms of... It's very light and just sort of fills the room with a a woody scent. I mean i mostly
1: more sweet in my kind. There
0: is a sweetness to it. I think that's the tobacco element.
1: It smells like a perfume I used to wear. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So this is, this is the scent of Old Jillian. Old Jillian. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Jillian, Jillian, uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I think I'd give it maybe half a wick.
1: Half a wick too. Half I like also wick. that
0: it has two wicks in there.
1: I yeah. I and the more of the wick, more the better or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Jill- I like a, like throw a, yeah a bunch of wicks in there yeah I mean, throw a bu- A five worker. 10.
0: Ten worker twenty don't yeah. stop just a, oh a, my a house ball of fire. flame yeah yeah
1: but um so I appreciate that they're not stingy with the wicks it's a, it's a <laughs> nice
0: it's a nice size this is why we're professional candle reviewers can't you tell they're not stingy with the wicks as a quote from all things cozy that should be on their label
1: but things with, like candles from World Market I do like World Market. But some of the, I think there's so much stuff in there. It's so mass produced that they might just be popping out candles without without a second thought. definitely. And so, I don't know. It's so tempting to buy candles from those kinds of places, but they never have that same kick as homemade ones.
0: As homemade ones. Now we're a homemade snobby candle maker. No, I mean like
1: a a smaller shop. Smaller (laughs) shop.
0: Jillian's on a tear now. She's just like, (laughs) won't stop making candles. Actually, when I was cat sitting, I noticed you had like so many homemade candles oh my God. all over the place. Well,
1: that annoys me because I'd rather make one or two great candles than a bunch of little ones that when we light it, it literally, it's literally smells like nothing. You could have lit one up. I, I don't know if you did, but it smells like nothing.
0: Quality over quantity, right? Yeah. Well, that about wraps up our episode today. If you're in the mood for a Purr and Bark Pet Shop Mystery... Check in with the cats, Purday, and Kahlua. Mm-hmm. Check out Tony's book, The Time for Murder is Meow. <laughs> the
1: Time for Murder is Meow. I love that title. Yeah, it's very cute.
0: And also, before we head out, a quick shout out to our new Patreon.
1: Annie Lily. I'm oh, sorry,
0: our new patron. You're not a, It sounds like <laughs> you are a new, thank you, Patreon, like you're a robot. Patreon. Thank you, thank you know. so
1: much is really sweet. Um, and Annie will be getting her cozy swag sent in the mail. Lots of love from me and Matt. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you to everyone who is contributing as we speak. And, um, yeah, any support you can give, we, we love, even if it comes in the form of a review or cash. We're not choosy. Um, <laughs> any love you can give.
0: Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Go check us out on the Internet if you aren't following us all over the place already. We're on Facebook at All Things Cozy Podcast. We're on Instagram you guessed it at All Things Cozy Podcast. And we're both on Twitter. Catch us if you can. In the meantime, we'll see you in a couple more weeks with more cozy discussion and content for you. Until then, as always, stay, stay cozy. cozy.